Your BF's about to get effed in the B. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Geek Squared Show, the show where we talk about the things that we talk about. My name's Emma. And I'm Tilly. And thank you for joining us on another glorious day. We're very happy. The weather is getting better here at the time of filming this episode. It is, I think, 16 degrees outside. I don't know what that is Fahrenheit. (laughs) If you use the Fahrenheit system, you probably think we're insane right now because 16 degrees would be very cold. Anyway... What have we been up to recently? I've been working a lot. You've been working a lot. <laughs> I am I am still not working. I'm employed, but COVID. We cut off all your hair. That was very like therapeutic for both of us, I think. <laughs> Yo, I feel honestly like I definitely did have the intent of donating it. Mm-hmm. But I think in reality, <laughs> it was just like straight up depression hair. <laughs> I mean, that's that happens. Like it just grew and I was like, I don't like I don't care to keep track of it. Like yeah. I just like I just didn't care. And, you know, so and then you cut it <laughs> and it literally cut off my depression. It cut off like <laughs> like what was it? 12 inches of my depression. Yeah, about that. I think 11, 11 or 12 inches. Yeah. Like that's nine with hair. some dead ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of hair, though. And it was like your, your hair is thick. My hair is thick. So it was a with lot like of hair. like eight Cs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you lost three pounds. When we cut I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else have we been up to? I got my vaccine yesterday, which is exciting. Hopefully you'll you get your switch. Soon. I got a switch. I got a Nintendo switch. COVID boredom got to me and I, I had a little bit of money set aside. So I got a Nintendo Switch and I've been playing that. I've been playing uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee a lot. Uh, Podcast doing well. She wasn't feeling well for a little while, but she seems to be getting better. I, I wasn't taking pictures of her and stuff, so I wouldn't bug her for a while. So that's why there's been a podcast drought a little bit, but but we'll get back. Okay. Today's episode is about Scott Pilgrim. And basically, we're going to be talking about how it is, quite simply put, the best movie of all time. We are not going to get into the plot too much. So if you haven't seen it, you might not know what we're talking about sometimes. So we highly suggest you go and watch it and then you come back and watch this episode because it is a good movie. And spoiler alert. For Canadian friends, it is not on Netflix anymore. So good luck finding it. Or you can just go buy it. Go to your local Sunrise Records and buy Scott Pilgrim. For the listeners that haven't seen it, do you want to just give like the roughest of synopsis? Go ahead. Okay, so basically it's about this guy who is romantically involved with this girl finds out that she has this league of evil exes he has to fight all of them and it's really epic and we're gonna go into why it's epic (laughs) (laughs) and simultaneously he is competing in a battle of the bands competition with his band sex babam just to give you a little trademark emma research background the movie is called scott pilgrim versus the world it's a comedy action whatever you want to define it as from 2010 and it's based on the graphic novel scott pilgrim written by Brian Lee O'Malley. It was a huge box office bomb, but it received really good reviews from a number of critics and it's become a cult classic for our generation. You don't have to be a gamer or a geek to understand. That being said, if you are a geek and you are into video games and movies and all that, it is extra... Extra... It is exponentially better. Tilly is shaking. I want you guys to know that Tilly is physically shaking because he's so excited that we're finally recording this episode. (laughs) So why don't we get into why specifically we think this movie is so great? Okay. My main thing is just how beautifully 
directed it is between the transitions and the little details on the sets and in the costumes and there's like a thousand transitions Mm -hmm. they are all perfect not one single scene transfers over to another scene without a purpose and an artistic way of doing so yeah also you mentioned it is an action film of sorts. The fight scenes are pretty cool. Amazingly choreographed. <laughs> They're so well thought out. And even within the fights themselves, they tell a story and give you information that there's so much subliminal messaging throughout the entire film that leads up to the, even if it's not the next scene, like five scenes ahead, it's like the people that made this movie literally played chess <laughs> and just like did everything 80,000 steps ahead. And it's all so perfect (laughs) yeah well said well said it also captures the ups and downs of being a teenager or a young adult like extremely well and like although it is very not real because it's got like superpowers and like all that crazy (laughs) stuff but like you also see these very real characters you can pick every single character from scott pilgrim versus the world and be like i know a guy like that i know a girl like that (laughs) i know somebody like that like young Neil, we all know a young Neil. Yeah. <laughs> we all know a knives. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, speaking of young Neil, um, in one of the I think it's I think it's the opening scene. He's wearing a shirt that just has three rectangles on it, like a blank slate, like yeah. three comic panels. And that perfectly sets up the entire character for the rest of the movie. True. Because he goes from being just young Neil. Neil, being a groupie to this band, to being just Neil, the lead bassist in place of Scott. True. You see the growth of all these moving parts, but it's all one streamline of, of entertainment and fun. Oh, speaking of the amazing characters, Kim, Julie, Knives, Ramona, Roxy, Stacy. The women! <laughs> Dude, every single female character in this movie is so cool. They're not just there as like a supporting character for Scott. They each have their own purpose. Kim is easily the smartest character in the whole cast. Julie is, well, to me, super relatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any scene in which she swears in that little black bar, <laughs> that, like, that in and of itself makes the movie so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ramona's cool. She has she goes through her own character arc in that story. Uh Roxy's obviously badass. Kind of psycho, but badass. Still badass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she wields a whip sword. I don't know what that thing is. Which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Stacy's Anna Kendrick. I don't need to say anymore. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, like <laughs> Oh, I forgot about win. I forgot about Envy. Brie Larson, she's singing. She's amazing, iconic. We have a crush on her. Oh, man, I love this movie so much. <laughs> I've watched it, like, at this point, hundreds of times. I must have. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've watched it quite that many times, but I have seen it a lot. Oh, and not only have I seen it a lot, I have also read some of the graphic novels. I'm glad you pointed that out because the <laughs> when they're doing the little, like, backstories for the exes, they use the actual panels from the book. Yeah, those those illustrations that they include in the, the flashback sequences when Ramona's telling her stories about each evil ex, it just reminds you how good the source material was and makes you realize how good the cast is. Like, they're so spot on with each character. It's hilarious. It's like they just took them from the book and like brought them into real life. <laughs> it was like an <laughs> aha take on me moment. Yeah. They just like came out of, oh, yeah. I never came out that. of yeah. the comic book. <laughs> okay. I would like to from there jump to a point I have about how great the story is. 
because when you think about it, it's really just a villain redemption story. Ramona says herself that Scott is just one step away from becoming another evil ex. To interject there, after that moment, it goes to Scott wearing a Fantastic Four, but it says four and a yeah. half because he's not quite part of the evil exes, but he had just fought the fourth one and he's like the next step, ah, but not quite. I didn't pick on pick up on that. Dude, I'm telling you, like the detail. Oh, gosh. I, oh. Okay, can I go back to my original point yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <Sorry>. so <laughs> as I was saying, <laughs> listen, we're all allowed to have rants. So yeah, Scott's just like an emotionally inept, cradle-robbing, email-skimming man-child, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He treats Kim, Knives, and Ramona like trash at some point. Even though we don't see how he treats Kim, it's very heavily implied. And he he's just like a bad person throughout the film if you think about it like he holds people's emotional baggage against them Mm -hmm. and just like uses them for ransom whenever he feels like it yeah he also just ditches his band frequently yeah (laughs) like sick dude thanks for his girlfriend like thanks scott (laughs) we all know a scott Um, and when his redemption moment arrives in that final battle with Gideon, he just keeps waffling between Ramona and Knives. He flip-flops between them and that gets him killed. And that's pretty much what he's been doing this entire movie. Only when he comes back and writes all of his wrongs can he defeat Gideon and ultimately the worst parts of himself, which is Nega Scott, right? Yeah, but it's funny the way he doesn't even fight. But that's just a good message at the end of the movie. The lesson you learn is you are your own final boss. And Scott didn't defeat his final boss. He made peace with him. I thought that was a really good villain redemption. Yeah, they're usually forced. Yeah, but this this was not forced. The fact that he was the main character of that movie and was his own villain was very cool. Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just point out also, we have three legitimate superheroes in this movie. He outsmarts Superman, uses pride and trickery again to defeat Captain America. Not only Captain America, but the Human Torch. And he also dated Captain Marvel. Yeah, that is really cool. And I think that just adds to the movie because, well, not only the superheroes, there are a lot of people who blew up after that, after that movie. Oh, yeah. Anna Kendrick, that's a household name now. Oh, Plaza. Uh, Aubrey Plaza. If we say Parks and Rec, you know exactly what we're Uh, talking about. Jason Schwartzman has been in a ton of stuff. Even Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. Uh, And Alan, the girl who plays Knives Chow. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That was her first movie ever. Yeah. And she murdered that role (laughs) yeah it was so so perfectly i just i just want to highlight my favorite part of the entire movie is when knives has the like omg emoji face yeah yeah the little (laughs) colon o (laughs) it's so funny speaking of that the sound design of this movie go with your sound design and then leave the music to me yes in the intro scene right right before they do the opening title card playing the song the door opens and Knives is there, but it opens to the sound of the Legend of Zelda opening a chest because Neil is playing Zelda. You can't get better ambient noise than that. You cannot. <laughs> Nothing happened in that movie without a reason for it. Yes. The detail. Like, forget Marvel. Forget all these fantasy movies. This movie has infinite detail. Do you also want to talk about the P-Bar? Because I know that's your favorite. Oh, my God. The CGI and VFX nuts like not not just the simple overlays of like all the text on the screen and like the knives chow emoticon face and like all that but scott goes to pee and there's like a little pee bar like an 8-bit pee bar in the corner and it reflects properly on the mirror but only the part that would be showing if it were actually there so subtle and so particular and probably painstaking to do like <laughs> props to all the people that worked on that film per 
effect. The director even made the cast in some scenes not blink just to make it look more like a still frame of a comic book. Yeah, that is a really cool detail. I'm telling you, the cooperation between Brian O'Malley, the writer of the graphic novels, and the director, Edgar Wright, oh my god. Like, it's perfectly seamed into one thing yeah it was like a perfect marriage yeah, of it really was of source material and what it became i could nerd about this movie forever yeah me too it's the, so the good. first matthew patel the first mm-hmm. x holds up one finger the second guy has a two tattooed on his neck his trailer says two he uses two fingers to point yeah. third guy has a three on his shirt there's a three on the wall it's a three-piece band that he's a part of yeah and then the fourth guy sorry the fourth x who is a woman <laughs> The thing on the club says four, yeah, yeah, and then the lights the are in four. It's like, oh my God, everything is so interwoven. It's yeah, incredible. It is. It is incredible. All the things you just mentioned, the the little visual details and the on-screen like overlays and the sound design reminds me very much of Into the Spider-Verse, yes. which is also an incredible movie, also comic book based. I would like to just say Scott Pilgrim walked. So Spider-Verse could run. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'd be very surprised if they didn't take any influence from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh, may I speak about the music for a sec? Yes. Okay. So I'm a music person. So that is always something that stands out to me. Films with great music make me happy. So right from the get-go, we have the Universal Pictures theme in 8-bit. And it only gets better from there. Then we have Sex Babom, which is bad music in the best way possible. Like, it's the epitome of garage rock. Uh, the song Garbage Truck is one of my favorite songs of all time. It's such a good <laughs> song. But it's like a bad song, yeah. but it's such a good song. Yeah, and just like the overdriven instruments, the distorted vocals, like, you just get, you feel like you're sitting right there listening to this band practice or perform at Lee's Palace. Shout out to the Canadian fans. And that that's another thing that makes it that much more engaging. You feel like you're present while all this music is playing. And the music is a huge part of the movie. The bass battle was even really cool. When we were watching the movie, I compared the bass battle to Garth's drum solo from Wayne's World. Nothing against Dana Carvey, but he is not a drummer. He did learn to play drums to perform that solo. Shout but out it, to Yeah, shout out. He, we love Wayne's World too. We're we'll oh, probably yeah. doing an we episode will. on that. We will. Absolutely. Anyway, so he learned to play drums for that and it looked really cool and it did kind of sound really cool. But from a music standpoint, it wasn't that complex, nor was it that engaging. But the bass battle, I can't put into simple words how it was amazing. It was just very, very cool. And can we just give a quick shout out to Brie Larson's singing? Yo, <laughs> when I found out that it was actually her singing, I was like, oh, my, I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in love. She's awesome. I love Brie Larson. Listeners, you may not all know this, but Sex Babom, the songs that they play were, were actually yeah. recorded by Michael Sarah's band. Which is awesome. Shout out to Michael Sarah's band. The Long Goodbye. Heck yeah. <laughs> and that is my music rant. <laughs> so Okay. You mentioned the Universal theme in 8-Bit. Mm-hmm. So contractually, when you sign with Universal, you have to use the intro song as is. Like you can't edit it. You have to use it. So where did they use it? But to introduce X number two when he comes out of the trailer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they they did the 8-bit, but then they also used it in that for storytelling. That's awesome. I know. Like how more genius can you get? I'm really glad you pointed that out because I didn't notice that. I could go on and (laughs) on and on and on. The scene where they do the first band battle against Crash and the Boys, amazing. Uh, Amazing. But 
while they're playing, they get interrupted by Matthew Patel, the first ex. And Scott's like, what is happening right now? Because he didn't read the email <laughs> like an idiot. But Scott doesn't get ready to fight until Wallace says fight. So that was like another detail that's just like, whoa, that's a video game. <laughs> <laughs> that's a video game. It just like ties it all together and starts like, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> and the musical number too, yeah. Matt Matt Patel. Yeah, the musical number. Oh my gosh. The humor in this movie. He punched the highlights out of her hair. <laughs> he punched the highlights out of her hair. And then the highlights are splattered across yeah, the yeah, floor yeah. in the cooler. Like that's perfect. <laughs> or or you punch me in the boob. Your BF's about to get effed in, in the, the B. B. <laughs> Bread makes you fat. <laughs> Bread makes you fat. Like I yeah. hear people that haven't even watched the movie mm-hmm. say that out loud. And it's yeah. like also I, I just the Scott's gets it meter in his brain. Yeah. Absolutely relatable. Whether it's about a person's sexuality or not, like you've, we've all been in that situation where it's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. <gasps> gets it. <Ding>! <laughs> <laughs> and the meter just flips. Yeah. It's just, it breaches all levels of human existence. <laughs> like it really does. It's so quotable. And that's the thing about a lot of cult classic movies. We said this in the fantasy episodes about Pirates of the Caribbean. They're just so quotable. Sometimes whether you have seen the movie or not, you know references from it. Yeah. Which is awesome. Especially here in Canada. It is the single best movie for like Canadian representation. Casaloma. Pizza Pizza. At one point, I think I saw a sign for like Beaver Tales or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the Goodwill. Like, yeah. The TTC, like, Second Cup, The Snow in April. Yes. Lee's Palace. There's just like endless. Oh, the Loonies and the Toonies. Yeah. yeah. There's just endless references. I, I suppose that is like partial bias for mm-hmm. us because we recognize a lot of the places that yeah. it's filmed in. So I guess for people that aren't Toronto based, maybe it's not as entertaining. But like every other part of the movie, the the visuals, the sound, it all just comes together so perfectly. That's exactly what you need in a movie is you need to make everything coherent, but in a way that it doesn't bore the audience. Mm -hmm. I mean, they nailed it. Literally perfect. (laughs) I love this movie. Yeah, me too. Oh, can I just say my favorite scene is the scene where Scott jumps through the window. (laughs) 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 Like by far. Yeah. That is just the most like well-timed and like perfect punchline after punchline. (laughs) He's like. Bam, bam, bam. Just like joke, joke. More funny. Yeet out the window. (laughs) Yeet out the window. Even like the camera work. Like Wallace opens the door and then closes it. Yeah. And then nods his head so knives can't see him reach for the jacket. Mm -hmm. It was like dancing. It was his choreography. There is not one placement or movement or facial expression (laughs) or look to the camera or... Nothing happened in that movie without a reason for it. Yes. It's all part of what makes the story flow perfectly like there's a scene where it's like focusing on steve and he's walking from left to right on the screen but then it stops on scott so you like bring your focus back to the middle of the screen and then the next transition screen is steve going across the screen again so it's like you're reading a book yeah (laughs) perfect perfect like a true work of art in every sense of the word Mm -hmm. all right shall we wrap it up here I think if you let me go on any longer, my head might explode. Okay, so. let's avoid that. <laughs> so thank you guys for another week of listening. We've had a lot of fun with this one. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media. You can find the links in our descriptions. And remember to rate this episode. Give us a thumbs up, five stars, whatever you can do. And let us know what you think. Write us a review. Or if you want to DM us or send us an email. And again, big thank you guys for listening every week. I think we have to break out the L word T. We are in lesbians with you. (laughs) Have an awesome week. And we'll see you next time.
This that is my equivalent of your Game of Thrones rant. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good rant. That was a good rant.